Welcome to Living Hope Podcasts. If you want to learn more about Living Hope and our ministries, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca. We hope you appreciate today's message. Our scripture reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, reading the first 13 verses. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless... God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples, and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We'd also like to uh, join together now in reading the words of our confession um, on Lord's Day 52, which deals with um, uh, the the part of the Lord's Prayer. And in this case, it deals with the sixth petition, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So I will read the question and ask that you would join me in reading the answer. What does the sixth request mean? And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one means. By ourselves, we are too weak to hold our own, even for a moment. And our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh, never stop attacking us. And so, Lord, uphold us and make us strong with the strength of your Holy Spirit so that we may not go down to defeat in this spiritual struggle, but may firmly resist our enemies until finally come to complete victory. Thanks be to God for this confession. Uh, This is a a difficult petition in the Lord's Prayer. Some years ago in in, uh, January, I had a parishioner come up to me and say, Uh, does God lead us into temptation? And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, if God doesn't lead us into temptation, why do we have to pray in the Lord's Prayer and ask him not to do it anymore? 
Don't lead us into temptation, God. It was either that January or January later, you know, I'm getting older, so I'm having these senior moments, but uh, (laughs) at any rate, we were still having in the third week of January, uh, the week of prayer for Christian unity. And we had services in a number of different churches, and a number of these different churches were using a form of the Lord's Prayer as a part of their service. And it really struck me that uh, in the Anglican church of that Anglican tradition, as well as in the Mennonite church, a, a totally different tradition, they used a different line for that line of the Lord's Prayer. They used to form, save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. Save us from the time of trial. And so I wondered, now what does the Christian Reformed Church say about this? So I went to the Heidelberg Catechism, and now the form that we read was from the old hymnal, but the newer form of the hymnal uh, has the the Lord's Prayer in the Catechism there, as it was, the Catechism was translated in the year 2011. And there, the Lord's Prayer has this line, and do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. And it really struck me now, here's an Anglican tradition, a Mennonite tradition, and a Reformed tradition, and we all come up with the same interpretation. Save us from a time of trial. To me, that was much clearer than saying, don't lead us into temptation. In fact, I think it was a, a year later that the Today devotional booklet of February 28, 2019, the author gave us a slightly different version of the Lord's Prayer. And there it said, let us not stray from you, but keep us from temptation and all the deceptions of the evil one. I've been using that version daily in my prayers. Let us not stray from you, O Lord, but keep us from temptation and from all the deceptions of the evil one. I especially like the term used there, deceptions, to describe the work that Satan is trying to do in our lives. This deception began with Adam and Eve. When God said to them, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the center of the garden. That was the test. Don't eat from the fruit of this one tree. You got millions of other trees, but don't eat this one. That was the test. And then Satan came along with the temptation. Satan entered the world and, and turned the test into a temptation, and he said to Eve, did God really mean that you may not eat from any tree? Uh, Look it up in Genesis 1, that's what it says. Did God say you may not eat from any tree? we, We know that's not what God said, but that's how Satan twisted it, to turn it into a temptation. Make it seem like God is being unreasonable. And and then he adds to that, God knows that in the day you eat of it, you will gain wisdom and knowledge of good and evil. And isn't that a good thing? Why would God deprive you of such a good thing? Again, he turns the test into a temptation and so evil and sin entered into the world. 
Adam and Eve had to make a choice. And we too make choices every day. Some are life-changing choices. Others are less important. But our daily choices do affect our Christian living. And God wants us to choose the path of obedience. Now, along the way on this path, we will meet many tests and many temptations. So that's what I want to look at this morning. What are tests and temptations and how do, they, do we relate to them? Well, first of all, a test is any event that God allows. Tests may be events that are good or bad. The point is that, like Adam and Eve, we must choose to obey God in that test. So, for example, there may be good events which bring us joy and pleasure and riches. What do we do with those events? Do we use them for God's will and to God's glory or just for our own selfish pleasure? Now, there may also be bad events that God allows to come into our lives. Tragedy, loss, accident, illness. The best example of that in the Bible, of course, is Job. Nowhere we hear about the test that God allows. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your hands. And the New Living Translation there has, very well then, you may test him. You may put him to the test. We read that in chapter 1, verse 12, and then in verse 22 we read, In all this Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. You see, now there was the temptation that came with the test. Job was being tested, and temptation was to charge God with wrongdoing. In fact, we know that in, in the next chapter, in verse 9, his wife says to him, Job, why don't you curse God and die? That was the temptation that came along with the test. See, there's always a test, and then there's a temptation. And the temptation is the devil's attempt to turn us against God. Uh, one example that I can think of just recently is this whole pandemic that we've just gone through. That was a real test for our churches. And I know that every church still suffers in that many people have not come back yet after the pandemic. Many of them found that it's much easier to sit at home and watch it on the television and enjoy your cup of coffee and whatever. Uh, you don't even have to get dressed to go to church. It's much easier. But you see, that's the temptation. The COVID, that was the test. And God wanted to see, now how will we react to it? The temptation is, well, let's take the easy way out. And that's the temptation. The temptation often comes along with the test. And 1 Corinthians 10 also shows us that relationship between tests and temptations. Paul reflects on the, the history of God's people Israel. This was God testing his people 
As he said in Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. And then also in Hebrews 12, verse 11, it reminds us that there is much to be learned from tests which come from the Lord. There we read, no discipline or test seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Tests are part of life, and they affect all of us. And we need to ask, what can I learn from this test? Rather than the question we usually want to ask, why me, O Lord? What can we learn from this test? And Paul assures us in our text for this morning, no temptation, perhaps I can expand that to say, no test or temptation has ever overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted or tested, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. What a wonderful promise and assurance from God. And therefore, Jesus taught us to pray, let us not stray from you, O Lord, but keep us from temptation and all the deceptions of the evil one. This means that the Lord's prayer recognizes that temptations and Satan's deceptions will come with the tests of life and that we can't face them in our own strength. That's why we need to pray about it. And what do we mean if we sincerely pray this Lord's prayer? Well, if so, then it will be reflected in our Christian lifestyle. For example, if we ask in the Lord's Prayer for daily bread, it means we must go out and work for it too. If we ask in the Lord's Prayer for forgiveness, it means we must also forgive others. And if we ask, do not let us stray, then it means we also must not flirt with the devil or with temptation. That's why Paul warns us in 1 Corinthians 10 here in verses 6 through 10, Do not commit idolatry. You read the consequences um, here. As some of them did, and and it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Do not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 of them died. Do not test Christ, as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. These are strong commands with strong consequences. We may not put the Lord to the test and put his grace to the test. We need this warning today, too. And that's why we look at the Heidelberg Catechism, too, to compare evil and grace. In the Catechism, we confess that we are in a spiritual warfare, against three great enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh. And we can't fight them alone. Therefore, the Lord's Prayer, too, is a communal prayer. Let us 
not stray. Help us in this fight. We all need the Lord, and we need the Holy Spirit, and we need each other in the Christian community. And so Paul reminds us in verse 13, God is faithful. He will not let you be tested beyond what you are able to bear, and along with the test or temptation, he will provide the way out. God provides help. Therefore, we must choose. Choose with respect to these three great enemies. First of all, the devil. Choose the devil or the Holy Spirit. The devil plants doubts in your heart and mind, as he did with Eve. Did God really mean this? Surely God wouldn't be so cruel or so mean. The seeds of doubt are sown, and they bear the fruit of rebellion against God. But God gives the Holy Spirit to his people so that we may resist the devil. As Paul explains so beautifully in Ephesians 6, where he talks about the armor of God. Put on the belt of truth. Put on the, the body armor of God's righteousness. Wear the shoes of the gospel of peace. Carry the shield of faith. Put on the helmet of salvation and bear the sword of the Spirit and tie these all together with the power of prayer. Choose the Holy Spirit, not the devil. And secondly, we must choose the world or God's kingdom. Now, the world has a lot to offer us. Beauty, pleasure, fun. Christianity is viewed as boring. It's viewed as always telling us that if you want to know what the right thing to do, choose the thing that's not fun. That's not what Christianity is like at all, but that's how the world wants to portray it. The world brings us all kinds of joys, pleasures. But when we look at them, we realize that the world's joys are temporary. They only last for a brief moment. In fact, our whole life, if, if our whole life was filled with worldly joy, it would only be the, the smallest, tiniest little part of our eternal existence. The world has nothing lasting to help us. For the rest of eternity, the only joy that will last is in God's kingdom. So make your choice now. If the world seems attractive, it's only because we choose to look at its temporary attractions. If we focus on God's kingdom and God's will in our lives, we'll have no time or desire for the temptations of the world. And third, choose the flesh or the Christian lifestyle. We battle against forces, against feelings, against desires inside us. We constantly flirt with temptation. We play with fire. We like to walk too close to the edge. We are too weak to withstand lust and greed and pride and selfishness in our lives. 
But we do have guidelines from the word of God for our Christian living. God wants us to make the right choices. He wants us to follow the path of obedience to God. He wants us to live in love and in peace with our neighbors. He wants us to live according to God's laws because that builds spiritual strength and godly character to help us to resist the temptations of the flesh. The real choice is not only to just say no to evil and sin and the world, but to say yes to God. To choose to do good. To choose to walk the costly path of obedience. The path that Jesus walked and it led to the cross where he gave his life to pay the penalty for our sins. And it must lead us also, this path of obedience must lead us also to bear our cross for him. There's an end to spiritual warfare because our three enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh, have already been defeated. Christ won the victory by his sacrifice on the cross. And God's grace comes to us now today to provide a way out and a final victory. And that's why Paul can say with confidence, and we can say to you with confidence, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God is faithful. Still, our present reality is a daily struggle for us to live our lives as Christ wants us to live. And therefore, we must stand together as a Christian community against our three enemies. We must live as Christians in God's kingdom by the power and strength and leading of his Holy Spirit. And we must look for the assured victory that we have in Christ. And therefore, we may pray in the Lord's Prayer, let us not stray from you, O Lord, but keep us from temptation and from all the deceptions of the evil one. Amen. Let us pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the assurance of your word that no matter how difficult and hard life gets, no matter how many tests we face, that you remain faithful. And that you will give us all that we need in order to resist the temptations of the evil one. And so, Father, we too would pray, let us not stray from you, O Lord, but keep us from temptation and from all the deceptions of the evil one. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged in the message and through the work of the Spirit. Once again, if you want to learn more about Living Hope, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca.